0: Hey, this is Nathan Jenkins from Loon Mountain Ministry, and I want to thank you for checking out our podcast today. We welcome you to join us, the trees, the rocks, and all of creation as we worship our great God. Enjoy the message. If you could flip to the front of your bulletins, you'll find where we're reading. We're reading out of Proverbs chapter 17, verses 9 through 10 and 17, and you can join with me with your outdoor voices. Whoever covers an offense seeks love, but he who repeats a matter separates close friends. A rebuke goes deeper into a man of understanding than a hundred blows into a fool. A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. Thank you. Thank you, Zina. You all may take a seat. You guys are getting a double dose of Drew today. I hope that's all right. Um, Marcus is our senior pastor. He's down or actually has already led a service down at Waterville um, which is a great option come Highland Games weekend if you're around or in town. If you've never been to a Waterville service you get to ride a two-person chairlift so if the gondola makes you feel uncomfortable that is gonna put you over the edge for sure. So uh, yeah, he was down at Waterville this morning. Um, and I get to, to fill in, which I'm really thankful for the opportunity to do so. Um, as, a, as, a, as a ministry, as a church, we have been working through uh, the wisdom books of the Bible. So we've gone through already the book of Job, the book of Ecclesiastes, and now we're in the book of Proverbs. Uh, and today we're actually in Proverbs chapter 17. And, uh, you know, we say this pretty much every week if... If you are, have not gotten into the habit of reading God's word daily, or if you've fallen out of the habit, Proverbs is a great place to start. You know, there's 31 chapters in the book. The chapters are, you know, only take about five minutes to read. And so whatever day of the month it is, if you want to do it that way, um, just find the date and then find the chapter and and read through. And, you know, that was actually for me a really uh, formative way for me to get in the habit of reading God's word. Um, So Chapter 17, we're taking it one chapter at a time, and, and if if you look at the chapter as a whole, it's full of kind of like these fortune cookie type proverbs, right? And so we don't have time to go through every single proverb, but as I have read through, there were some that stuck out to me, and I've chosen three to talk with you guys about today. And the three that stuck out to me as I was as I was studying and reading actually all kind of have to do with friendship, friendship and relationship, so it's fitting that we just sang that song, right? We're gonna we're gonna dig in a little bit um, about friendship, what the Bible, what wisdom the Bible has for us about friendship and relationships today. So, before I go any further, um, let's come to the Lord in prayer. Jesus, we thank you. We thank you that your grace allows us to come before the throne of God, Lord. Just in relationship. Lord, uh, we can come before you with requests and and praises, but Lord, we can just come before you to be in your presence. I thank you that you are here, Father. I thank you that uh, your glory uh, is revealed to us through your creation and through your word. God, I pray that you would help us to understand you better through your word, through your creation, through one another, in our relationships, and in our friendships. God, I pray that you would soften our hearts to uh, your truth, Lord, that um, the eyes of our hearts would be enlightened, that, that we would be transformed um, by reflecting on you and, and who you are in Jesus. And we, we ask that your spirit would, would fill us, Lord. Lord, fill me so that I can um, properly convey your truth and fill each one of us that that truth might penetrate our hearts and change us. We love you and you pray all this. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to jump right in. If you flip to the front of your bulletins, um, Proverbs chapter 17, verse 9 says, Whoever covers an offense seeks love, but he who repeats a matter separates close friends. Alexander Pope uh, was an English poet from the early 18th 18th century, and he said, To err is human, to forgive is divine. We all know this, that there's an element of human relationships, all relationships that involve conflict. Even in good, healthy relationships, people wrong each other. People offend one another. And this, this isn't how things were meant to be, to be clear. Uh, but it's part of living in a world tainted by sin. It's part of being people who are broken and sinful. And this proverb says, whoever covers an offense seeks love. Now, I think what this verse is talking about here is the idea of showing grace. And grace is rooted in love. Grace and forgiveness that are from above are rooted in love. What grace essentially does in a relationship is that it allows a relationship to continue, right? Where there is no grace, where you're not willing to forgive, where you're not willing to cover up or absorb a wrong done to you, the relationship can't exist. Anyone married here? If there wasn't grace, you wouldn't be married, right? It's true in marriage. It's true in friendships. You know, um, grace allows relationships to continue. And for uh, this is what this is what God has done for us, um, so that we can be in relationship with Him. And it's through His grace and His love that God sent Jesus, whose blood shed on our behalf covers and atones for our sin. And the thing about grace is that it always costs someone, someone, something, the person who's extending the grace. And grace and forgiveness are God's gift to us in Christ, but don't mistake it. it. It was not free. It cost Jesus everything so that our relationship, which was broken by sin, could continue So back to the quote from Alexander Pope, to err is human, to forgive is divine. Forgiveness doesn't come naturally to us humans, does it? It doesn't for me. Um, it's, It's only when you know and experience the love and the grace and the forgiveness of Jesus that you can afford to love and forgive others generously. God is so generous with us in his grace and in his forgiveness. And when we can experience that and we have this grace overflowing from us, it's then that we can give it to others. And that's when we become God's ambassadors, God's agents. One of my uh, adopted sayings that I love, and, and if, if, you, if you're close to me, you, you, you roll your eyes every time I say it, but whatever God has done to you, he also wants to do through you. It's only when you understand the amazing grace that God has shown you that you can begin to extend that grace to others generously. So I I would encourage you to think for yourself, do do you struggle to show others grace? I know I sometimes do. The question you should ask yourself in that moment is, do you think you need grace? Do you know the grace that God has shown you? The second half of verse 9 says, He who repeats a matter separates close friends. 1 Corinthians 13 tells us that love keeps no record of wrongs. And to be clear, grace rooted in love doesn't say, Oh, I forgive you. And then takes that wrong and puts it in their back pocket to bring out whenever they need to settle up the score. Keeping score Always divides two parties. It always separates. Keeping score is the practice of opponents, not allies, right? And if you're holding on to all the things and all the ways that others have wronged you, you haven't really forgiven. If you're like me and you've struggled uh, with long-term bitterness towards another person, what I found is that in choosing to forgive someone, I benefited as much or even more than the person that i had wronged and when we're really able to let go of the way people have wronged us it feels like this incredible burden has been lifted from us can anyone vouch for that does anyone like can i get an amen a, a hand raise? yes it's so true we no longer need to repeat the wrongs of others either to ourselves or to others When God forgives us, he removes our sin as far as the east is from the west. We need to be reminded of this as we forgive others and not repeat the matters internally or externally. So verse 10, we're gonna move down to the next one. A rebuke goes deeper into a man of understanding than a hundred blows into a fool. Throughout the book of Proverbs, we've seen this contrast. Almost every uh, chapter has has Proverbs that contrast wisdom, and folly. The wise person, the foolish person. And in this proverb, the fool is someone who makes a mistake over and over and over again. And even after severe consequences, they still don't wise up. They still don't learn or change. On the other hand, the wise person is someone who receives a rebuke or just a word of correction and deeply considers where they may be in the wrong and how to move on in doing what is right. Here's the key. One of the measurements of wisdom is what it takes to wake us up to the error of our ways. Let me say that again. One of the greatest measurements of wisdom is what it takes to wake us up to the error of our ways. What does it take to make us change? Will we learn from a simple warning or a rebuke? Or will we smash our finger with a hammer a 100 times and... Still not learn to be more careful. You know, Receiving a rebuke from somebody else or being willing to consider it doesn't necessarily mean that, that we are controlled by what people think or say about us. People are going to have opinions and perspectives. And, and some of them are going to be accurate. Some of them are not going to be so accurate. Some of them need to be taken with a grain of salt. But we should be willing to consider all of them. We need to be ready and willing to consider the error of our ways. This is an essential part of wise living. That's giving others the freedom to speak difficult truths into our lives and being willing to receive those words and learn from them. So again, God's word says that uh, it acts as a mirror. We're going to reflect to ourselves. I want you to ask yourself, what is typically my response when someone points out my flaws? Am I quick to try and excuse or justify my actions or give a reason why I was right in acting the way I did? Do I try and throw it back at that person? Who do they think they are telling me that I'm out of line? Look at them. Do I criticize the way that a person went about confronting me? How could they talk to me like that? I mean, I might listen, but the way they said it, that was just totally wrong. See, a wise person hears a rebuke, listens, and considers it. And if you are a wise person, you can learn from anyone. But if you're not willing to even consider what another person has to say, that makes you the fool. In chapter 18, it says, fools find no pleasure in understanding, but delight in airing their own opinions. So from this proverb, we need to pull that, A wise person is able to consider what someone has to say, no matter who they are, or even how they go about it. The last proverb that we're going to look at is uh, verse 17. And it says, A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. Is anybody here with a friend like that today? A friend that loves at all times and is born for adversity? Amen. Amen. What makes a, someone a true friend is my question. One attribute of a true friend is someone who faithfully loves at all times. If you've read The Pilgrim's Progress by John Bunyan, which I would recommend, um, you might remember that the main character, his name is actually Christian. And he, his closest friend and companion throughout the book, his name was Faithful. Faithful, loyal friendship between two people doesn't just happen in days or months. More often than not it takes years. If God has blessed you with a friend like this, that's so amazing. Praise God. That is a precious gift. You know, I'd be willing to bet that you didn't just decide to be best friends one day. I'm certain I'm nearly certain that a major part of, of what makes strong relationships strong has to do with the fact and this proverb speaks to it that You both have faithfully stood by one another through some really tough times. I'm extremely grateful for the friends that God has given me throughout my life. God has blessed me with a number of faithful and loyal friends who've been extremely influential in my life. One of them is uh, my friend named Luke, and I've known him since my freshman year of college. He and I have, have had some awesome times together, too many to even mention We've also been through some really tough times. You know, some examples. Luke and I played college basketball together. We experienced what it was like to go 0-32. <laughs> that, that's some adversity right there. That didn't feel good. We can, we can smirk about it now. You know, we, we were roommates in college. We stood by each other uh, through difficult courses, through failed dating relationships. You know, We both stood next to each other as one another got married. That would be in the good category, by the way. <laughs> Together, we endured quite a bit of adversity in the outdoors. We both love the outdoors. He and I uh, have slept outdoors in sub-zero temperatures. We've hiked 20 miles in a day. We've been lost on Mount Washington in January. Some not-so-good situations. Now, early on in our friendship, Uh, I remember sitting on a frozen lake in Wisconsin with Luke, just crying with him, you know, as he mourned and processed the loss of a friend who had died in his arms the summer before. Two years ago, Luke drove eight hours through the night, just spent a few hours with me and my family as we grieved the death of our daughter. Through all of this and more, Luke has become a brother to me. And a brother is born for adversity a faithful and loyal friend doesn't just stick by you when circumstances are difficult, they also stick by you when you are being difficult. I have another story about Luke, which isn't going to shed great light on him, but it's a funny one, so he won't <laughs> mind. Luke and I were roommates on and off through college, um, and our last year of school, we were living off campus together in our first like real big boy apartment, right? Like This was our place, and... Um, so one, one afternoon, like Luke gets the idea. He's like, man, my oil needs to be changed. Like I got to change my oil. Um, so I'm, I'm going to just going to do that. I'm like, cool man, whatever. Um, and he got home from work before me and, uh, I come home and I see Luke under his car and, uh, underneath his oil pan is what looks like our biggest cooking pot. Like (laughs) he had taken a pot out of the kitchen to drain his oil from his car. And uh, I was like, dude, what are you doing? Like, you, dude, you're an idiot. What are you doing? Like, we have to eat from that. Like, are you, come on. You know, and like to add insult to injury, it wasn't even his oil that he had drained, it was his transmission fluid. So, you know, like poor college kids. We just washed it off in the bathtub and kept cooking with it. So, <laughs> You know, that's a funny example after the fact, but in reality, it, it may be more than one stupid act. It may be a season of conflict or doubt or cold-heartedness in friendship. But a friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. I hope you have a friend like that in your life. I know my tendency when reading a verse like this is to kind of evaluate others and like their friendship to me, right? Who is truly a friend to me? We should do that, but I think it's even more important to evaluate yourself as a friend to others. Have you been the friend that stays close during adversity? Have you you driven through the night and shown up at their doorstep just to sit and cry and be with them in their darkest hour? Have you continued to pray and weep For your friend while they work through a season of doubt? Have you absorbed the blow that they have dished out in the midst of their own pain and insecurity? It's important to to remember that what a man reaps, he also sows, and that's true in friendship as well. I would encourage you to ask yourself who have I shown faithful and loyal friendship to? A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. Here's the reality of of human friendships. Human friendships are great gifts from God. But you and I will never be a perfect friend. Nor can we expect someone else to be the perfect friend for us. If we put our hope and our security in relationships, in people, people will always disappoint us. Even great friends make terrible gods. The beauty of the gospel is that we worship a God who is the perfect, faithful, and loyal friend. Jesus is the true and better friend that we can always count on. He's the only friend who we're fully secure in. He has been and is faithful to us when our faith in him has faltered. He's taken a hundred blows for our foolishness at the cross. He's covered our offenses with his blood. He's removed our sin as far as the east is from the west. And he has literally loved us to death. He did all this for you and for me, not because we deserved it. Not because we were first a faithful friend to him. No, he demonstrates his love for us in this. While we were still sinners, while we were enemies of God, Jesus Christ died for you and for me. Because of the work that Jesus did on the cross, the relationship can continue. You and I are invited to the table of God and welcomed as his friend. Because of his grace, our relationship with God can be restored and redeemed and continued. Do you know Jesus? Do you know him as a friend? He's the only friend who can, who we can put our complete faith and hope and he is the firm foundation i want to read the verses from the song that we sang before i close what a friend we have in jesus all our sins and griefs to bear what a privilege to carry everything to god in prayer oh what peace we often forfeit oh what needless pain we bear all because we do not we do not carry everything to god in prayer Have we trials and temptations? Is there trouble anywhere? We should never be discouraged. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Can we find a friend so faithful who will all our sorrows share? Jesus knows our every weakness. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Are we weak and heavy laden, cumbered with a load of care? Precious Savior, still our refuge. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Do thy friends despise or forsake thee? Take it to the Lord in prayer. In his arms, he'll take and shield thee. Thou wilt find a solace there. Jesus, we thank you that you are the friend who has and will stay closer than a brother. We thank you for your faithful, loyal love for us that came from the Father and was displayed as you came to earth and took on flesh, became like us so that we could become like you. Jesus, you died on the cross for us. You took the blows of our foolishness so that we could take on your righteousness and have a relationship with the Father once again. God, help us to understand this. Help us to understand the depth of these simple truths. Lord, may you stir our hearts with affection for you. May we see our need for you, and call on you as Savior and Lord. May we follow you daily. Lord, that is the abundant life, a life in relationship with you. Lord, may your kingdom come and your will be done here on earth, here at Loon Mountain Ministry, as it is in heaven. Pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. We here at Loon Mountain Ministry are committed to loving God, serving community, and enjoying mountains. We want to thank you for being a part of our collective high five this week as we seek to be a light in the White Mountains and all around the world. Please feel free to reach out to us at info at loonmtnministry.com so we can get more connected. See you guys.